Good morning, Palmer Pentecostal Church. Thank you for having me, dads. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to everybody. I know you've got a lot of people watching online that are home and sick fighting the coronavirus, and we pray for you that the Lord will strengthen you and heal your body. In Jesus' name, I know that we just ourselves are coming out of it, and it's it could be very uh, scary and very painful, And but the Lord is with us all, and we thank you for his mercy, thank you for his grace, and so we give uh, him praise for what he's going to do for you and your body. And those that are there this morning, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Those watching online, I pray the Lord strengthens you. If you have your Bibles, the book of Acts chapter 8, give honor to my parents for all the great uh, love that they've shown me and and compassion and, and mercy and all the years and appreciate them very much. Acts chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, you honor my wife and my kids who I love dearly and, and we wish we were there with you today, but uh, we, we, we uh, are in Florida. Acts chapter 8, verse 3, verse 4, I've been feeling this for, for this service. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, divine adjustments. Divine adjustments. If I cough a little bit while I'm preaching, please have mercy on me. I'm trying my best not to. I've had a, been coughing for several days trying to get this stuff out that's been lingering. But let's pray together right now that the Lord will use me to speak to you your family, to your situation. Lord Jesus, have your way at Palmer Pentecostal Church this morning. Speak to the people. Encourage those that are there. Strengthen those that are home. Heal those that are sick, I pray, by the authority of the Word of God, the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have your way today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And somebody said, Amen. You may be seated. It is the plan of hell to get you to become a reactionary Christian, not a creative one, a reactionary one. It's funny how the word creative and the word reactive have the same letters but have totally different meanings. And it's funny how heaven is always creating and hell is always reacting. Hell does not have the power to create, but they simply react. In between heaven and earth, the Bible says is the demonic domain, because the Bible talks about how the devil is the prince of the power of the air, which means between the ground and the stars. And so in between heaven where everything originates and earth where everything manifests, you have hell's kingdom. It's funny how uh, we think of things that we think originate on earth, but they originate in heaven, like when the uh, chariot of horses and fire in heaven that they'd see coming down to the earth, pick up Elijah and different things going on. It's, Things that we would see that are manifesting on earth were actually built in heaven. And yet somehow, <coughs> hell is constantly reacting to what heaven's doing. And uh, it's funny how the enemy, uh, they, they, they don't know what's going to happen in your life today. They don't know if you're going to go left or right out of the parking lot. But they can see when heaven's headed towards you. Daniel chapter 10 proves that. Demons know when angels have been dispatched toward, toward your area and they react and they go crazy and they respond. And it is their desire to make you that way, to make you a reactionary child of God 
rather than a creative anointed child of God. Because if you're constantly reacting, then they can sway your emotion with whatever negative voices that they bring to you. If they can bring fear and they can bring anxiety and they can bring panic and they can bring sickness, then they can cause you to react in ways that maybe you would not react had everything been calm and had everything been normal. But because there's chaos and because there's strife, they now have caused the child of God to react and to become a different person. People that would normally speak in faith are speaking in doubt. People that would normally release the power of God are releasing fear because they're reacting to what they're going through. And that's the tactic of hell. Hell is reactionary. It's kind of like when Moses was told by God when the people needed water to speak to the rock on second occasion. But Moses was overwhelmed by the stress of the people that he struck the rock, which was reactionary. Speaking to the rock would have been creative, but striking the rock was reactive. And so therefore, even though Moses had the power to release the water, Moses lost a trip to the promised land because he entered a dimension of reacting <clears throat> rather than creating. And so can I tell you right now that it's the will of the Lord to get you into creative mindset to where you're thinking heavenly thoughts, heavenly ideas, speaking them, releasing them, creating, and it's the will of hell to get you into reactionary thinking where everything is boggling your mind, frustrating you, confusing you, attacking you, worrying you. And so one thing I learned years ago from a great man of God was that hell never retreats. They always re-strategize. And so when they attack you and it does not work because you get victory or you get peace in an area that they normally would cause stress and panic, when they do this and you get victory over it, they have to re-strategize and attack you in a different way. So if they attacked your finances for years and then you get victory over that and you get peace over that, <coughs> then they find a way to attack your emotions or your spirit or your health. <coughs> and the reason is, is because they're simply trying to find a way to get you back into that reactionary mindset where you are controlled by the situation <coughs> and not thinking outside the situation. You can tell COVID is real, but it does not have power over you. You can defeat this. And so, um, like when the devil came to Jesus, he tempted him to try to make him fall. When Jesus did not fall, the devil left him for a season and the devil came back to kill him. He did, first he came to tempt him, but when that didn't work, he said, we've had to kill him. So to kill him, he had to get a human involved because demons can do nothing without humans. And so he had to get Judas and all the priests involved and, and the government involved to take out Jesus, even though Jesus had this plan all along, was always one step ahead of the devil. And aren't you thankful the Lord's always one step ahead of your adversary? But but it's amazing how they adjusted to try to to try to bring Jesus down. 
It's how, it's how they work with you. And when they try something that doesn't work, they won't, they will, they'll readjust their strategy. And it's amazing how they want you to live in that reactionary mindset rather than that creative mindset. I love how David picked up rocks and slung a rock at Goliath before Goliath got too close. I love how David said, I, I don't want to tangle with him up close if he's not wounded. I'd rather wound him from a distance than him be at full strength when he's right up on me. Some people, they don't get spiritual until the devil's in their house. They don't get a prayer life until somebody goes crazy at home. They don't get connected until there's a storm, until there's chaos, until there's trouble. And when there's something crazy going on and the giant is on top of them, then they're trying to find a way to fight for God. David said, I'm not going to wait <clears throat> for you to attack me. I already know where I'm going to fight with you. I already know we're going to tangle. So I'd rather throw a rock now while things are calm than wait to see if I can out-wrestle you <clears throat> when you get too close. So it is the will of the Lord for you to get spiritual and make those adjustments before hell gets too close to you. Amen. And so there's some things we know, there's some tactics we have that we know work. There's some things we do as the children of God that we know these are part of our strategies and we'll always use them. Fasting, praying, giving, holiness, doctrine, submission. These are things we stand on. Now we fight, we use these weapons of war to attack the enemy and they work. But I want to talk to you tonight or this morning about maybe some divine adjustments that if hell is shifting gears in your life and shifting the way they attack you, shifting the way or the channel that they're coming at you in, I want to give you a word of the Lord, help you to make a divine adjustment. Would you open up your heart right now and ask the Lord to speak to you? Would you ask the Lord to help you right now and to minister to you? You know, it's amazing how in Acts chapter eight, in Acts chapter eight, Everything up until Acts 8.4 was done by leadership. Acts 8.4 was the beginning of the greatest revival in the book of Acts. <clears throat> and this revival exploded because of an attack that hell unleashed on the church. And when they unleashed this attack, it caused the church to scatter and everyone went everywhere preaching the word. Up until this point, leadership did everything. If you wanted revival, you had to have Peter, you had to have John, you had to have James, you had to have Stephen, you'd have one of the big dogs. But when this attack came and it caused the church to panic, everybody became a preacher. Everybody got anointed. Everybody said, I've got to do something for God. If you want wild revival in Palmer, if you want apostolic, city-shaking things that explode, that get news. I mean, you don't want to talk crazy revival. You're going to have to have a revival where everybody gets involved, where everybody stirs the pot, where everybody's witnessing, everybody's out doing outreach, everybody's calling, everybody's giving, everybody's submitted. When you get a church that gets everybody engaged, you have a wildfire that's about to break out. And it's the I just want to say it, if hell is bold enough to attack your entire church right now, I pray the church gets bold enough to come at the gates of hell when this is over in a way that they never have before. 
It is the will of God for you to adjust. And when they attack, use the attack to make you stronger. The Bible said about the Israelites that when they were afflicted in Egypt, the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied. So the more they get attacked, the greater they became, the, the more they grew. And it's funny how like when John was sent to the island of Patmos and, and he was sentenced there and boiled and you know all the stuff, sent there with criminals and a horrible place full of rocks and history says they would send criminals there to work in the mines. But yet when John gets there, the Bible said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, they sent him there to die, but John made a divine adjustment and got in the spirit <clears throat> and received the greatest revelation of all time. The greatest revelation of all time, uh, the end time came from somebody who made an adjustment while they were in Patmos. In other words, he turned Patmos into paradise because he said, I'm not gonna react the way they want me to react. I'm gonna get creative and hear the voice of God. He said, I'm not gonna live in the flesh, but I'm gonna get in the spirit. And if I get in the spirit, I'm gonna hear something I've never heard. I'm gonna see something I've never seen. It's the will of God, despite what you're going through, for you to live in the spirit. Yes, you might have COVID, but you still have a consecration. Yes, you might be sick in your body, but you have a walk with God. And sometimes sickness can cause you to hear the voice of God like never before. For. And I pray that whatever tactic hell is using on you, that you would adjust right now, that you would not be bitter and not be angry and not be upset, but that you would say, God, speak to me. Let me get in the spirit. I might be in Patmos, but I want to hear a word from God like never before. Mm. Noah was stuck on a boat for over a year in that storm after it was over. And the Bible said he took ravens and sent the raven out. And the Bible said the raven went to and fro. And a lot of people mispreach that, that the raven went out and, and never came back. But it's not true. The raven went out and came back and went out. <coughs> and came back and went out and came back. And it was obviously logical for Noah to use a raven. Raven's the most intelligent of all the birds. And, and so it was comfortable. The raven was reliable. The, the raven was dependable. The raven knew his way back to the boat. And so logic says, Noah, if you're going to find some kind of evidence, you want to use something reliable, something dependable. But the problem was that even though the raven was reliable and the raven was dependable, the raven was comfortable, the raven was not producing anything. The raven was not finding anything. The raven was not bringing evidence back. And sometimes we get stuck in what's comfortable and what's reliable and what's dependable, but it's not fruitful and it's not working. And we say, well, this is just comfortable. This person does this because it's comfortable. This person does this because it's <clears throat> it's comfortable. But just because the raven knows where the boat is doesn't mean the raven's bringing back evidence that you need. And Noah said, this is not working. And Noah grabs a dove, which is not, not known for intelligence, and gets a dove and releases a dove. Now the logic says that doesn't make sense. The dove is going to get lost. It's not like the raven that knows how to navigate, knows how to scavenge, knows how to bring something back. But Noah had no clue. 
that the dove was the symbol of the Spirit. For hundreds of years later, when Jesus would come out of the water of baptism, the Spirit of God would descend upon him like a dove. The same kind of spirit. Noah had no clue. He was leaving the fleshly logic <coughs> and stepping into spiritual, creative anointing by releasing a dove. I pray God starts giving you dove ideas that don't make any sense, that don't uh, relate to the way you think. But if you'll follow and submit to the voice of God, the dove will bring back the evidence that you've been searching for and you've been looking for. I pray for spirit ideas and spirit words to come to you and help you and create your mind in a way that you've never thought God could use before. <coughs> Praise the Lord. I'm fighting through it. You know, when Esther was <coughs> told by the king or by Haman and everyone's going to die and they had that decree, she wanted to save the people, but her desire to save them did nothing. But the moment she called that fast, <laughs> the moment she stopped eating, that was, that was when it was over right there. In the spirit world, that was when it was over. The moment Esther pushed the plate away and went from feeding her flesh to feeding her spirit, it was over. Right there. That was, that was the end of it. And hell knew it. Because anytime a child of God, Shatta, makes a divine adjustment and says, I, don't, I can't fix it. I don't know why we're going through this, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to get connected to God. Boom. That's the adjustment that hell fears. And that's the adjustment that will work. The Bible says that when Paul and Silas were in prison at the midnight hour that Paul and Silas prayed <coughs> and sang praises unto God. I want to know what happened before midnight. What were they praying? What were they talking about before? They obviously weren't praying and they weren't singing praises. Something happened at midnight where they shifted. Someone ought to take the midnight shift. At midnight, they shifted from talking, complaining maybe, stressed out, where is God? Why are we going through this? I'm going to praise him and I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to complain to you. I'm going to worship him. And when Paul and Silas stepped into the spirit, there was a breakthrough that happened in that jail that no demons could stop because something happens when a child of God makes a divine adjustment and says, I'm going to do what God wants me to do despite what I'm going through, and despite what I'm feeling. Would you clap your hands to the Lord this morning right now? <clears throat> Look at the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Jonah has run from God. He's entitled. He's rebellious. You know the story. But verse 9, when he's inside the whale after three days, he says, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. The Lord spake unto the fish. It vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. <laughs> Jonah goes from entitled and rebellious <clears throat> to thankful and committed in one verse. And in that one verse, 
everything about Jonah's mentality changes. He makes it an adjustment. And the next verse, God speaks to the fish, releases Jonah from the bondage underneath the sea. Why? Because Jonah made a divine adjustment. I want someone to repeat these words. The outcome is about to be altered. The outcome is about to be altered. When you make a divine adjustment, you alter the outcome of what could happen in your home, in your family, in your marriage, in your ministry, your finances. <clears throat> when you make the divine adjustment, wise man, when you, when you open up the treasures and you say, I'm going to give the Lord everything, even though that stuff was meant to get me back home, they made a divine adjustment, which altered the outcome. And the angel came down and said, you're going to have to go home a different way. And he sends them home a different way and protects them and saves their life. Ultimately saves the life of baby Jesus. Why? Because somebody made a divine adjustment. You want more Bible? Let's go to the first Samuel chapter one. First Samuel chapter one. Hannah cannot have a baby. <coughs> she's, she's blessed, but she's barren. I want to show you how she prays when she can't have children. Verse 10, chapter 1 of 1 Samuel. She was in bitterness of soul, prayed to the Lord and wept sore. She prayed from a bitter spirit. Her soul was bitter. God, why have you done this to me? Why are you letting me go through this? Why are you letting me suffer? Why are you letting me suffer so much? But then she goes through a little trial here. And you go down to verse 18 after the, the priest didn't believe her. And the Bible says, she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad. Now remember, she's bitterness of soul and weeping. No baby. Now she changes her countenance. And they rose up early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord, returned and came to their house to Ramah, Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. The Lord remembered her the next verse. And it talks about how she had a son named Samuel. What happened? She was praying bitter, couldn't get an answer. She makes an adjustment in her countenance as I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to thank God. And God said, give her the baby. Why? Because God changes the outcome when you make the divine adjustment. When you get into the spirit, no matter what's coming against you, it can change what the outcome of the situation is. It might be destined for your family to fall apart, but if you get spiritual and you get in the prayer closet and you get submitted and you get on fire for God and you, you submit to the ways of God and the, the ways of the church and you submit to the word of God and your pastor and the preaching you will alter the outcome of the attack in your life. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to stay in the church <coughs> if you're there. I want you to pray for the Lord to help you to stop reacting the way you're always reacting. If you're reacting is constantly this, if it's constantly that, I want you to pray, God, help me to stop reacting and start creating in me something that's powerful, that's changing. David didn't say, react in me, in my heart. He said, create in me a clean heart. 
renew a right spirit within me. God told Adam and Eve, Adam told, God told Adam, speak, call it, name it. But the, the snake told Eve, question it, react. It's time to create. It's time to speak. It's time to have revival. It's time to see what God can do. It's time to stop questioning and reacting to every trial and panicking. And I'm not going back to church. Everything's crazy. Listen, if you're going to go to Target and Walmart, you can go to church. And I know <coughs> this is real. And I know you got it too. But don't let it keep you. Don't be reactionary. When this is over, get back in the house of God. Start 2021 off with everything you've got. God, I'm going to give everything I have to the kingdom. I'm going to change who I am. Let there be an adjustment in me. This is war. I can't afford to backslide. I can't afford to hide. I can't afford to quit. You're not a cave life child of God. That's what Obadiah told the <coughs> preachers when Jezebel was attacked. Let's hide in caves. As Jeff Arnold said, a preacher that's silent is no better than a dead preacher. What's the point of hiding in the cave? Come on, Elijah. Be the man of God you're supposed to be. Come on, be the lady of God you're supposed to be. Lord Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of fear right now. Take authority over this over every spirit of panic. He caught Toshakatai. Every spirit of anxiety and worry attacking people's homes. I speak life into every home and I speak faith into every child of God watching this. I speak against the spirit of fear and I speak in the name of Jesus that strength, that overcoming anointing, that confidence in you, God, to rise up in every man and every woman. We're children of God. We belong to a different kingdom. We will, re not, we will not react in fear, but we will speak in faith. Bless this church. Bless the people. Let there be revival in 2021. In Jesus' name, <coughs> may the Lord bless you. Fight through it. Let's go. In Jesus' name.